All right. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Live Courageously. And this is the uh, number 16th show of um, 1920, uh, 1923. Yeah, right. 1923. Wow. Uh, 2023. And I'm your host, John Duffy. And it's also the 31st Live Courageously podcast show since I started the show a year ago. Uh, Live Courageously has been my conscious theme for the last three years since the pandemic and has been an unconscious theme for most of my life. If you haven't seen the previous 30 podcast shows with some of my amazing courageous friends sharing their powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live powerful lives and making a difference in the world, you can watch them on my John Duffy Live Courageously YouTube channel. I have another 75 plus friends that I know personally and all of them some courageous uh, people who are planned to be guests on my shows in the future. So, you know, we live in a time where fear is being pushed on us in, in every medium, and we need to counter the message of fear with a message of courage. Fear is a reaction, but courage is a choice. And I suggest that you consciously always choose courage and choose faith over fear every time you experience the messages of fear in your life. Choosing courage will help you deal with whatever life may throw at you in the future. And trust me, it will throw stuff at us we don't like or want. Uh, last week, I traveled to Orlando, Florida for an advanced screening of a docu-series project that I was honored to have line produced the California segments of. And the project, entitled Follow the Science, shares a message of encouraging people to be free thinkers and to think for yourself. And I got to hang with some courageous people, and I'll have the director and the narrator of uh, the uh, docu-series Follow the Science on my podcast in the future, and I look forward to introducing them to you and also introducing the project uh, Follow the Science. I also got to hang with a childhood friend of mine from the South Bronx, uh, where we both grew up, and we reminisced on how we survived and grew up in the toughest neighborhood in New York City. So I got two great experiences last week uh, of the importance of living courageously. So today, my friend, and guest and a very courageous guy is George Ohan. He's the co-founder of the Financial Literacy Film Festival. He's a creator of the Teach Coach Mentor Program. And Mr. George Ohan is an enthusiastic and accomplished producer with a track record of entertainment business success. He attended UCLA and the Los Angeles Film School with degrees in film production and entertainment business. His film, Whole Nother Level, was selected for the Cannes Film Festival in France in 2012. He received the top innovator award from the World Financial Group for creating the Financial Literacy Film Festival in 2020 during the beginning of the pandemic. And most recently, George produced an animated short film which was nominated for the 54th annual NAACP Image Awards. You can find George working on many veteran, veteran friendly projects as he was also a U.S. Army Staff Sergeant with an honorable dis uh, discharge after eight years of active duty service. I'd like to welcome and uh, greet my good brother, George Ohan. Welcome to Live Courageously. Thank you, man. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> Dude, you, all this all this book writing you're doing, you're getting, you're getting really good at writing, Duffy. <laughs> hey. You know, I mean, for a guy who dropped out of high school at 15, you know, yeah, man. Uh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. good <laughs> well, welcome to the show. And I have to say, you know, sometimes when I introduce guests, sometimes I get like a long bio. Sometimes I get a, a short, short bio. Your bio is short, 
but what you've done is a lot longer than your bio. So we're going <laughs> to talk about all the stuff you've done. You you kind of really cut it down to the essence, but there's a, a lot more uh, there than your bio captures. So, Thank um, you. you know, one of the things I like to start off my show with usually since up until now, except for one person, everybody on my 31 shows have been people I know personally and have been friends like yourself. So I start out with where did we meet? That's my first question. And then I'll jump to the second question. So where, where Hollywood, Hollywood, um, baby, uh, the, the GI Film Festival. Uh, we were working with the military department of the Los Angeles Film School. There was a boss lady over there by the name of Amber Scheib. And she worked out something uh, with the school and with the GI Film Festival. And they had their first iteration of the GI Film Festival on the West Coast. And that was huge. This was a strictly DC thing. This was this was a Washington DC. This was a very East Coast event. And all of a sudden it's it's in Tinseltown, you know, it's it's happening. And I saw you there. Uh, I felt your energy. I see all these people just kind of hanging out, eating the eating the snacks, drinking the punch. And I see you over there just talking. I'm like, I'm talking to that guy. I'm gonna go over there, I'm gonna say something to him. And that's how it happened. Yeah, and that, and that was at the L.A. Film School of, of Veterans Night, right? Um, yes. In, in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. You know, and I, re I remember that, you know, it's been many, many years ago. But what I really remember about it was, uh, you know, you're right. I was talking to a lot of people. It was, you know, you know how it is. Everybody, blah, 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 right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but you came up to me and, you know, you introduced yourself. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm good. I got a good instinct. I grew up on the street. But my first feeling was, OK, this guy is somebody who who, who takes action and makes stuff happen, not just talk. Yeah. So, you know, I just knew right away. I was like, OK, whatever I can do to work with you or, you know, help you or do whatever. You know, you're somebody that stood out from people who, you know, talk a good game, but they don't actually put in the work. Um, and I just had that feeling. And my instinct told me you were somebody nice. who put in the work. And I wasn't wrong over the years. We've gone out to do so much together. And you're definitely, you, you know, you you uh you, you put more work. You, you promise one thing, but you, you perform even higher than that. So I, I honored to have made you a friend at that night. And I'm glad I trusted my instinct. Um, so, you know, the other question, and we'll talk more about some of the journey that me and you have went on and what we've done together. But the other question I always like to ask, and you're somebody uh, who's obviously been through a lot of uh, life. So what does live courageously mean to, uh, to you, George? You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, what the heck is this thing I'm about to do with Duffy? What did he get me into again? <laughs> I'm like, damn. And I'm driving. And I'm like, why Why would Duffy even want me on his damn show? You know, it's like, who am I? I'm nobody compared to the, the people who he knows. Duffy knows all these top level humans, NASA and this and that, whatever. I'm like, live courageously. And I, I, I was like, no, just take a moment. And I said, but how do people see me? You know, how do how do people look at me like you're saying, you know, about what you've done? And then I started looking at that and, and I'm, I'm looking back at the things I've done and what I've asked for in return and who I've done it for. And and then there was like one element missing. I'm like, so what? That's all still ego kind of driven. Like, so what? So. But the thing that, that I think separated, you know, like like what the live courageously part is. A lot of times when I did something, I was low. I was in a down moment. I was in a time where I didn't have the means to do that thing. And I did it. I figured out a way. 
I got creative. I never had a pity party. I didn't start, I didn't start thinking about the things I didn't have. I used my creativity. My creativity is my currency, you know, and I use my creativity to get myself out, out of anything. And, I, and it's like, but to trust your creativity, that's like going beyond trusting your instinct because your instinct tells you to do that thing, but then your creativity gives you the solution. And for you to trust that, that takes some courage sometimes because you have zero idea of the outcome. And that's what it comes down to. Well, you know, uh, t tell us a little bit about your journey. I'm just going to throw up a quick picture. But obviously, where where was your family born? Obviously, you were in the U.S. Army for eight years. I'm going to throw up a picture of, uh, whoops, that's a picture of you. Um, Charlie in, don't surf. Yep. <laughs> and and that was uh, in the uh, Army over in Germany, if I'm, if I'm correct. But tell us a little bit about your journey from where your family came to how you ended up in the U.S. Army, because I, I think it's a fantastic story. My family is Christian, Orthodox, Armenian. And if anybody knows anything about the Middle East, religion's a big part of it there. Uh, and there was a, during the, the time of the First World War, there was a genocide uh, committed by the uh, government of the Ottoman Empire, the, the government of Turkey. Uh, during that time, a lot of Armenians were dispersed to different places of the world. Our family, my father's family, happened to be in Aleppo, Syria. That's where I was born. My mother's family was in Lebanon and in Beirut. And my mother and father met however they met in the Middle East. I was born in Aleppo, Syria. And at some point, you know, people are looking for a better future, uh, uh, something. And you have to get out of the situation you're in. And uh through, through, you know, meeting this person or, or calling a family member and a lot of help and people just helping each other, my family ended up in Los Angeles, California. I ended up being a film producer. Go figure, you know. Uh, but it, there, was, there was a lot of things that happened. My parents didn't speak English. They, they show up. They don't have jobs. They don't know people. You know, it, it's just like every, every sign that you see in, is in, in English might as well be in Chinese, you know, if you don't read the stuff. And you don't understand the, the, the culture. You don't understand how the country works. I mean, there's just a lot of obstacles to overcome. And through that time, watching my parents go through all this and, and, and working all these different entrepreneurial ventures. I mean, I remember eight, nine, 10 years old, we were already doing business. And I remember these businesses. And so when people are like, how long have you been in business? I'm like, well, film about like 10, 12, 13 years. But I'm thinking business since I've been a child and, and just by out of necessity and Sometimes when I talk to somebody about the basic elements or rules of business, they're like, whoa, dude, you're next level. And I'm like, well, I, I guess I don't even see it like that. You've been around it so long. My parents had always had to do whatever it takes. They always had to do whatever it takes. And they always had to figure out a way with integrity. So you, you got to really figure out, you know, the, the right path and, you know, you want to do the right thing in this new place, this new world you're in. And, and so that's been, that's been my journey is like, there's always been hard work, part of the recipe. And after eight years in the U S army, by the time I was getting ready to graduate high school, I'm like, well, dude, I'm about to be a loser. Like, what am I going to do? Maybe my English teacher, Miss Isley, maybe she's right. She's like, you're never going to mount to anything. You're going to be a big old loser. She told me that a bunch of times. Wow. She would send me to Mr. Mendoza, the counselor's office, almost daily. And, and Mr. Mendoza, it wasn't like a teach, coach, mentor thing. Like, that's the name of my program now. 
he would just be like, man, sit in the corner, look, just look over there. And I'm like, all right, I'm the high school kid. So I was just burn an hour a day, you know, and, and you know, and where, where were you living at that time? Were you up in uh, Madera, California? Madera, we we right. moved from uh, Southern California to Central California, which Madera, hey, they just won the robotics championships of the world. Wow. This week. That's amazing, right? That is amazing. That's yeah. a incredible accomplishment. And that probably stays, doesn't Small matter. Small town, like 50,000 people. Who would expect that? But there's a chance to succeed no matter where, if, if you're willing that's to. That's right. Put in the right. work. You're a perfect example of that, but uh, keep going. Thank man. you. Uh, and, and then that's it. You know, the, the, the journey has so many different, if I'm talking to somebody in the music industry, I talk to them for a long 10 year period of things I did in the music industry. When I'm speaking to somebody uh, that works in entertainment business, more on the management side, I could talk to them for 10 years about things that I've done in the management level from taking the GIs of comedy uh, to the Middle East and Europe and all that. You know, there's there's a lot of avenues you can talk about. So I, I was going about to go in a different direction, but stop there for a second because you brought that up. And I had I had totally forgot that uh, as part of asking you questions. So taking the GIs of comedy. Now I'm going to put up a picture. This was one of the, of the uh, GIs of comedy, oh, right? Oh, dude, Tom Tran, he's the man. Tom Tran, the man. This was in, uh, we'll go back to this, but the GI Film Festival in DC, but that's with Tom Tran. But taking the uh, uh, GIs of comedy to the Middle East, what a freaking journey. And talk about being courageous and being adventurous. And you say, why did you come on my show? Man, why wouldn't you come on my show? You got all of it, brother. But go ahead, tell us about that that trip. That's amazing experience. I was I was two months away from graduating the Los Angeles Film School's Entertainment Business Program. Tom Tran reached out to me. He said, "Hey, I'm at CBS. I'm over here off the Avenue of the Stars. Can you come see me within you know whatever time? Like it was it was a fast time. Hey, you need to come see me. Uh, sure." <laughs> drive over there and look when people in LA tell you to come see me that's $30 for parking okay? <laughs> <laughs> dude you're laughing but you know John <laughs> either that or you park in the wrong place and you get towed and then it's even more you see so I'm a film student at the time I'm a veteran but Tom Chan calls and I'm like dude I don't know what it's about but I know this guy's important enough to where everything he's done has been serious. He's like the comedy guy, but when he says he's going to do it, he does it. That type of guy. So I showed up. He said, listen, there's a gig. There, we're going to go to, you know, there, you're going to take four comedians. You're going to go to the Middle East. You're going to go to Europe. You're going to work with AFN, Armed Forces Network. And you're going to go over there and be their manager. And you're going to corral these people and, and make sure the hotels and flights and food and Everything is squared away, and you're going to make sure to get from every location to every location. You got it, sir. Have you ever done anything like this before? Never. <laughs> you know, it's like you got you got to just, okay. And he, he asked me a few questions. He interviewed me. He had a nice gut feeling. But you know what? At the end of the day, he had to take the biggest risk. He had to take a giant risk, his company, his name, his reputation, everything riding on me, a young, unseasoned entertainment professional. You know, at the time I was about 30 years old. I wasn't so young of a guy, but uh, I was young in entertainment and I was about to do something pretty huge. We were going to Jordan. That's on the border of Syria. And we went to we went to Israel. We went to we went to the embassy in Israel. And while we were in Jerusalem, there was a stabbing at a mosque. 
I mean, wow. this was this is the real world, you know. This is not, sure. and, and that was the whole point of taking these comedians. By the way, it's like taking them to some forward deployed place where the where these soldiers, airmen, airwomen, whoever it is, they don't have access to this type of entertainment or comedy. And it takes a leader, Tom Tran, somebody to pick me, and then I got to take these guys. And first of all, comedians, they're hotheads. Veterans, <laughs> they're hotheads. And guys who are a little bit older than me, they're hotheads. And I had all three of them, and they're like, <laughs> who's this little young and, punk? And, you, and you, you, you don't come from anything that would make you a hothead, right? Dude, <laughs> their hotheadness was too much. But <laughs> I had to I had to go through that. What happened was when we got to Israel, they looked at me a little odd, you know, looking at my face like, where are you born? Where are you from? I was born in Syria. Oh, come this way. Step to the left. Step to the left. What's going on? <laughs> I got a U.S. passport right this way, sir. I'm like, all right. And I'm looking at the guys, the comedians are like, oh, like, you know, the manager's gone. Oh, let's go mess around. Dude, hours later, they detained me. They wow. asked me questions about my grandfather in Aleppo. I'm like, the guy's been dead for years. I've never met him. I, I never met him. He was in Syria. I was in America at the time. They asked me questions about websites I had visited for the film thing. Well, why'd you go to this website? Where were you trying to buy there? Well, I'm like, wow. from my website of my business to where I, they had, Crazy surveillance. Hours and hours later, I was just sitting there, you know, my jacket's off. They're looking through my stuff. Finally, they let me go. And when I got out of there, it was like I was pinched. And then, I, you know, I didn't talk or something. And all the comedians were like, yeah, you're the man. And after that, they were cool with me. <laughs> now, <laughs> that was crazy. You know, I'm, 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 I'm realizing that I got a problem because you got so much to talk about and we got so much to talk about. I'm like, God, okay, how am I going to pull this all off? In yeah, we, we got to cut it. <laughs> but, but here, you know, I, I got I to gotta mention Tom Tran just because, A, you did an incredible thing. And I remember when you took them to uh, the Middle East, which is what, what a courageous and an adventurous thing to do for you at that point, not knowing what to do, stepping up and being a leader. I wrote a blog what, about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you are, a leader, right? And Tom Tran, I remember the first time I saw this guy perform. And if you ever get a chance to see him perform comedy, but he he tells a story that, you know, he's telling the story on stage about when he was in service and he's in the Middle East. And basically what happens is this butterfly lands on him and he I forget, you know, he's from Asia and, and it's uh, it's good luck when a butterfly lands on you. So the butterfly lands on him and he's like man, this is going to be my day, right? Great day. A butterfly lands on me. And he's telling this story. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in that day, he feels this explosion and he's shot in the head. And a, a yep. sniper shot him through his helmet, in his, his head, and he hits the ground. So the butterfly was clearly not very lucky. But he takes this horrible situation of being shot in the head in the middle of a war and he turns it into freaking comedy. And you're just rolling, man. You're dying listening to this guy make fun about almost getting killed in a war situation yep. and that's the kind of guy he he is and his comedy is off the charts man so that's how i met him and then of course we we met in the jack film festival again in 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 dc but i'm gonna jump to that while we're on it and you know one of the things that we came together was on uh, a film that you produced and that i got the opportunity because the director fell out um uh for a veteran vietnam veteran friend of ours dave osbach he had created this project, and I'll put the uh, the thing up, um, called The Flag. And you produced it, and you, you were in uh, L.A. Film School, 
and you pulled together all these veteran volunteers to work on the project. And we ended up doing two short films, a documentary and a narrative fictional piece. And we ended up entering it and getting one of them into the GI Film Festival in Washington, DC, which was one of the greatest times I ever had at any film festival. Um, <laughs> that was the fun. Best. The experience was the best, but you kind of were the, the, the force behind all of making it happen and taking it to that level. So, you know, uh, that's one of the things that we worked on that was, uh, but go ahead, tell us a little bit about that. You know, when you start something, you don't know where it will go. You really don't know which, which project's gonna catch wind, which one people will like, while they'll like, whatever it is. But one thing's for sure, if you're choosing the right people to work with in the beginning, it, it helps your chances significantly. And, and at the time, we had a lot of motivated people and they were motivated to get on a project. And when they heard it's the flag and it was basically our tight veteran community, people were like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Then the Los Angeles Film School gets involved. Then, you know, this person, that person, Frank Stallone. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, when I was talking to Dave at a coffee shop about, yeah, sure, Dave, I'll produce your movie. He's like, let me make a phone call. Hey, Frank, we got a producer. I'm like, who the hell is Frank? He's like, Frank Stallone. I'm like, Frank Stallone. I'm like, I'm not a producer. I'm a film student. Shh. Come on, Dave. Shush. You know, <laughs> he's like, it, it's people get involved. People help you significantly. And if you have 20 humans who are giving it their all in the same direction, my goodness, some pretty good stuff happens. And at the end of this thing, it comes down to like five people, really key people spending a lot of time and care and attention to really get it across the line. You know, uh, yourself and Xavier Yabara, I would give you guys the top credit of, of making this movie really come to life. Like the fact that it was born on earth is because of you two guys. If, if it wasn't a, a view to my energy kind of like failed at the end of it, because I, I, I said, Hey man, I got 50 people together. We did the job. We were here, but you kept it alive and you finally got it there. But once it was born, I mean, even this month, yesterday, we're, we're sending uh, emails about people reordering DVDs for this thing. DVDs in 2023, people want more of the flag. So if you create something that the story's there, the content is great, the, people will want it. And, you know, you, you did all that. You got it going. We, we made it happen. We created it. And, you know, I know you and myself, we both give them out as gifts to people, you know, and... Yeah. They're, they're our way of thanking somebody and making a connection with somebody. So it's That's like, right. and then all of a sudden we're connected to another person. And, you know, it's just purely to make another great connection, usually with military vets, but not always. Sometimes with just people that, you know, would appreciate the, the project. And for me, just like you, you stepped up to these things. And when, when it came at me to direct it, I had never directed at that point, but it was <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm a director on this. And, yep. you know, you find a way to overcome the fear and you just step into it and you learn and you ask the people around you and you rely on your team. You don't have to know everything, but you got to you got to go forward and you got to you know commit to the outcome. And we committed, Xavier, you, me, Dave, we committed to the outcome of making it a reality. And it ended up getting us down to the GI Film Festival. And there's the uh, the three <laughs> I don't know whose idea was with the sunglasses, but it was a good one. So, yeah. um, anyway, we, we we had a great time and we met some amazing people at the GI Film Festival. And um, then later we went on Mark Marcus Bovey, who you work with, who's another you know uh, vet flicks. So relationships opened up, and all that came from finding a way to say yes when we didn't know what we were even able to do, and we did it anyway. So that's right. 
you know, the, the other thing I want to kind of go through with you, because there's so much, and I know you did another project, and if I find time, I'll squeeze it in, Brothers at War, because you, once again, you created an amazing thing there. I'm going to try and squeeze that in as well. Yeah, I but see the know, executive producer, Gary Sinise, right there on the wall, yep. Yes, Gary Sinise, and, and you put a lot together, and that became a, a documentary feature, but then it became a whole training program for people to deal with post-traumatic stress and reintegration yeah. into, you know, a civilian life for the military. And you were involved with that with the director for a long time and just played a great role. So hey, just take a minute and Thank do that. It, I won't come back to it. Let's take it now because, because you know. Brothers at War, Jake Rademacher, he really put together a fantastic film. When people watched this film, they started contacting the filmmaker saying, hey, this movie helped me, really helped me. Now I'm having conversations with the veteran or I'm having conversations with the family member, I'm making appointments with the therapist and people started to talk about. So the, the military has a lot of good therapists and counselors and things in place to help people with resilience, but it's kind of like breaking the ice to get that person over there to seek the help. This film was doing that. Then it took the genius of, of Gary Sinise to really come in and say, you know what, we should go speak with the head psychiatrist at the U.S. Army at Fort Riley, Kansas, and figure out they so they created workbooks. They got in, they got involved. Uh, Norman Powell, producer, his wife as an artist. They created an entire program. And uh, Colonel Castro retired. He was at USC. He said, "You know, I think this is the first time we've seen something that involves a group setting, presentation with multimedia and journaling all at the same time. I think there's something going on here. And it was really helpful. It was helping people have breakthroughs and at least go seek the help that they might need. So it was really cool. And we started to connect uh, National Guard units across the United States with this. Jake would fly out and do presentations for thousands of veterans and their families. It was, it was just a, they took a documentary film, which was the highest watched uh, Iraq war documentary film. And they, they turned it into transmedia. It wasn't just a movie and, hey, we're done, one and done. They turned that movie into a group setting discussion. They turned that movie into a journaling process. They turned it into a resilience workshop for veterans and their families. And I had the opportunity, because of my experience from the U.S. Army Recruiting Command, to reach out to people and, and say, hey, is it okay if we do this? Will, you know, will you invite us out to bring Jake Rademacher, come out as a public speaker and present this to your families and your veterans? And we started making a lot of connections that way. So uh, to sum it up quickly, that's what Brothers at War was all about. Great yeah, project. And it's online. If you get a chance, watch it. It was It's a real powerful documentary about two brothers, one who was in the military and one who wasn't allowed because he has a physical uh, disability that wouldn't allow him to join the military. So he becomes a filmmaker and he gets the access to his brother in the war zone. They get to go. Uh, he gets to go to the war with his brother and with his camera and cover this and tell an amazingly powerful story of their bonds as brothers and their their bonds in the middle of war and just and just a real powerful story. And then you kind of, you know, round with all that stuff to connect it to the military and the resiliency program. So once again, to go back to your first comment about you don't know why you're on this program. Really? Uh, excuse me. But, <laughs> um, so it's weird to think of that. Hey, and, and to, to work on that project, I would drive from Fresno to Los Angeles four hours one way. We would work a 10 hour day and I would drive back. And that's not something they would require. That's just me being crazy army veteran george like i'm in let's go you know now, now to, to speak to that yes this guy george has he'll come down from fresno for four hours to a meeting to have lunch to do whatever but you also you know the other thing that's incredible about you as far as adventure 
you've been everywhere, man. You know, you, you moved to Colorado and then you started a film thing down in Colorado. Then you moved to Puerto Rico. And, and, and last time I checked, you weren't Puerto Rican. And you got down there huh. and you created and you created all this stuff uh, with the Puerto Rican vets with uh, Team Red, White and Blue. Yep. And you created a whole thing with uh, the film industry down in Puerto Rico. Then you came back to California. Then you went back to Puerto Rico. Then you came back to California. Now you're in Vegas. So you, you're somebody, as far as being a venturist and being an entrepreneur, and creating businesses everywhere you go is just, I mean, I just find it unique. I think you're very unique as, a, as you know, you're always making stuff happen. You're always inspiring. And, you know, and then you know, what you're willing to do is you're willing to just, you know, where other people would be scared to take those risks, to make those moves, to get outside their comfort zone. Not you, man. You're, 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 you're there. I, I, I'm not afraid to bet on myself. And... I don't care if, if uh, somebody else from the outside, whoever doesn't believe in me. My father told me something before he passed away. It was the best advice. When you close your door, everybody else is on the outside. Hmm. Everybody. It's you and your wife and your babies and you're on the inside. And everybody, the world is on the outside. And on the inside of that door is when the decisions happen about your family and your life and your future and what you're going to do and, and how much you think you want to put in on it. And, you know, and it's like, yeah. So when I'm in here in my own zone, I'm unstoppable. Well, why is it when I open that door, all of a sudden uh, the doubt sets in and fear sets in and everything sets in because all those bums are out there talking. I don't care about bums. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I already got in my zone before I stepped out that door. So, so my father gifted me. He really empowered me with something about just the door, that door, dude, if you close that door, sorry, world, nothing else you say is that's out there. This is in here. And what happens in here, that's, what's important. That's what matters. And then I take my energy out there. And if you come around me, you will be influenced to do good, <laughs> you will be influenced to have integrity or you disappear. You're not in the sphere. You're not, you're not in this thing because you're like, ah, oh, too much integrity over there. They're like trying to do the right thing all the time. I can't keep up with that. Exactly. Sorry. Well, that's, you know, the, the, the I, I've done so much with you. I mean, I, you know, and I've been honored to do all of it. I mean, I, you know, I've had a chance to meet your family. I've gone up to Fresno here there's a picture of me at your wedding, you yeah. know. Yeah, Elvis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Elvis and uh, our good man Alex Gilfey, who is also on the flag, and Sandra. Just, yeah, Ralph. so exactly. So all that, but you know, we've done so much uh, together at different stuff. But like, you, you know, you started to teach uh, coach mentor program, and I know you you did another thing where you invited me up to Fresno to speak. And I believe this might be a picture Producers of us. Producers Workshop, yep. Yeah, Look at those guys. The guy right there in the middle, he's doing stuff with Paramount. Uh, we got Jason oh, yeah. Sanchez back. Yeah, people are doing stuff. Mike's so there, you, yeah. you created all these programs wherever you are. You know, I mean, you know, from Fresno to Puerto Rico to Colorado to doesn't matter. Wherever you went, you started your, that entrepreneurial drive on you. I think, like you said, came from your family, came from survival. It came from struggling to make a better life. And you have it and you just and then you work running hotels. And I mean, it just goes on the list yeah. of things that you've done and continue to do. Um, but tell us a little bit about the Teach Coach Mentor program. Teach Coach Mentor started at Compton High School. I would go to the Los Angeles Film School. 
I would go to UCLA's uh, producing program and I would get information out. I was a student and whatever I would learn that day, that afternoon, I would drive over to Compton High School and I, you know, I had an agreement with them and I would come in and teach the kids as if like, hey, man, I'm a smart filmmaker. I, you know, I just had cinematography class and I would come and do a little cinematography class. Whatever I would learn, I would just come and teach it. And now it's turned into the Financial Literacy Film Festival. We've taken Teach Coach Mentor. We've done it for departments of state. We've done it for different high schools. We've done it for elementary schools. Uh, it's blossomed into a program that takes education and entertainment, brings it together. And we're basically teaching people how can you earn a sustainable living wage without a nine to five job and you leverage technology. You're leveraging today's technology to earn income without a nine to five job because some of the some of the mentality is not catching up to how fast this technology is moving. People are still kind of teaching old school methods, but it's like, dude, the world kind of went fast and we need to teach our youth to really think a little bit more different than, than we were even five years ago. So that, that's what Teach Coach Mentor is all about. But it, it started in, in Los Angeles at Compton High School and it's, it's gone worldwide at this point. Matter of fact, we've, we've even done a video online series for West Africa, the Gambia and Ghana. And uh, it was a Teach Coach Mentor thing, a five video series for filmmakers in the Gambia, uh, the smallest country in, in Africa, by the way. <laughs> well, and you involved me in a lot of that. You had me speak at some of those uh, African uh, film uh, conferences, and I was uh, honored to be able to get on and be able to share my experiences with the folks in that country and, uh, and, and other countries in Africa who were, you know, uh, watching that event as well. So, you know, it, it, very cool stuff, man. Um, I'm going to try and pivot and then we'll come back because I got so much that, you know, I, like I said, it's, we, we could be here for a long time. But you know, besides the Teach Coach Mentor Program, which I think is is so great. And just, you know, I know when I met some of the people up in uh, Fresno when I came up to speak, you just um, empowered people who, you know, kind of like needed something. They were kind of a little bit lost. I know one young woman we met up there who just, you gave them encouragement. You gave them belief in themselves, their ability to succeed. And, and that was why I, I was uh, so honored to be there, to be able to like share what I had, because you know, to me, that's one of the greatest things you can do in life is to take the blessings and the lessons we learned and share them with others. And you, you do and that. These are humans. I mean, if, if people believed in just investing in humans, let's invest in our fellow man. These, these humans are, are beautiful. They, they, they come back and they, they just do amazing things. They, they shock me all the time. They're like, George, look at this thing I did. I'm like, you did that? They're like, yeah, because you told me this thing four years ago. I'm like, what? Oh, my God, dude, that's awesome. Oh, wow. So once I started getting certain feedback like that, I'm like, I'm going to start. I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to help these people out. OK, what are you looking for? What do you need? Here you go. And Sometimes people do it. Most of the time they don't. You're right. And, and, the but sometimes they do is awesome for me. Yeah. So. And, and, and you, once again, you know, it, 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 uh whatever you show people at some point, they got to take that action. Right. And, and, and if they do, they, they will succeed. They will get ahead. They'll make a difference. But if they don't, and they're expecting you to do it for them or somebody else to do it for them, they're not gonna. So, you know, you give them that, you inspire them, you motivate them, you teach them, you mentor them, you coach them, you give them all that. And then it's on them. And it's always on us at the end of the day, you know, we got to do it. Um, whatever's, you know, put in front of us, we got to do it. I tell people, look, if you met me, if, and I tell them straight to their face, I look them eye to eye. 
if you've met me, you do not have an excuse ever. I don't know what happened to you before in life. I don't know what your past story is that you're married to. But you cannot say nobody's ever tried to help me. Nobody cared for me. Nobody loved me. I love you. I care for you. I'm trying to help you. I look at them straight in their face. I'll be like, don't ever think nobody ever tried to help me. Oh, everyone, everyone tried to do me wrong. Everyone uh, scammed me. This happened. That All those things happened, I'm sure. But moving forward from today, if you know me and you have my phone number, don't say there's not a human out here who cares enough about you that if you called me and asked me something, I would give you the most sound and fair possible advice in that moment. I promise you I'll do that. And you, and you do. And, and, you know, just to uh, kind of, you know, you said whatever story you're married to. And one of my mentors has a saying where he says, you need to divorce that old story that's holding you back. That's you know, it. Right. That's it. Because whatever that story is, it isn't that it isn't necessarily not true. But at some point it's holding you back. So you got to divorce it <laughs> and start going forward with a new story, a better story, a story that's going to make you have a better, happier, successful life. So you got that choice. Make that, you know, and like you said, once they get introduced to someone like you, now it's like you got no excuses. Stop talking about the past. What about the present? What about the future? It's let's go. Let's go make it better. So that, that's what I was talking about, where people just excuse themselves. They just disappear because it, once they realize, oh, man, this guy's not going to believe my pity party. They're gone. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, and, and that's the thing where they have to, um, you know, step up. Uh, uh, and there's so many people coming on here. I wish I'm going to acknowledge all of them. But there's so many people who are basically we've met, shared Karina. Hello, Karina. My brother, uh, my my uh Karina. Cousin King from Florida, just a whole lot of KP, who's uh, uh, you know, just a whole lot of William. Um, KP Tony. was my KP was my original mentor, KP Pagnasai. He's got his own day in Fresno now. He was on Dahmer. Uh, this guy's doing everything. I had never been in film. I had never been in entertainment business. KP's the, the he, he he's you know he's an actor. He was doing a film class in Fresno. I, I went to his film class. He inspired me enough to go to Hollywood. He got me started and for a little, like, couple hundred dollar film class. It was amazing. Great guy. And, and you know, so many people are, are on this podcast today that I think I got to bring George back every week, man, because I'm <laughs> telling you, man, you, you, there's a whole lot of folks that have shown up here today, which I'm That's I'm right. Very, cool. You know, and, and like, and what uh, Karina just said, George is a, a fantastic mentor, always pushes you to do better and will never give up on you. Right on, right on. Um, very, very true. So I'm going to jump forward. We're going to talk about, you know, you, you've done in 2020, you started this uh, financial literacy film festival. And now this is 2023 and you're about to do a online version of the financial literacy film festival. Um, you're in Vegas now. Tell us about it. Tell us about what it's about. And then I'm going to play a little um, trailer for the film that's going to be the kickoff film, which has an interesting little moment I'll share with the audience in a minute. But um, tell us a little bit about that and, and why you do it and why is financial literacy something that's so important and why do you uh, uh, promote that? Pete, financial literacy film festival. This is our fourth year. We have an online version and we're doing a physical form here in Las Vegas this year, 2023. The whole mission is break the stigma of talking about money. When I was growing up at the dinner table, if there was some kind of financial problem going on in the family and they would bring up the money thing, it was like, hey, shh, don't talk about that. Well, it kind of kept the kids in the dark, kept us in the dark. We never could 
start talking about money and learn about it and just it, it was it was like don't talk about that well what if another family was also struggling and what if we did talk about it and helped each other get past that you know these types of things or if you're hurting for money you think you don't go and see a financial advisor or a financial services person you do because they're the ones who kind of give you some coaching for maybe 12 months from now you're ready to do something but they help you get that information see so we're just trying to break that wall break that stigma of saying if you need money help if you have money questions don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Go and seek that help. There's plenty of resources available and just set up your family for, for success. Right now, most Americans are four flat tires away from being broke. If you got four flat tires, that, that's about a little thousand dollar situation and you're done. And, you know, we talk to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of Americans are, are they don't have enough money for retirement. They, they think their money will run out in retirement. They have questions about this. They don't know the right questions to ask. A lot of people don't know about uh, saving for college for their child. A lot of people don't know about uh, burial expenses. I mean, this is real life financial stuff, but it's boring. And oh, by the way, it's really awkward to talk about with a stranger. So, so we've taken the Financial Literacy Film Festival and we found a way where how can we get creative people a credit? How can we get creative people working? How can we get them a little bit of pay? How can we get them trained? How can we get them a project to work on? Short films. And then we get these finance people and we're like, look, we know you don't know anything about film. That's okay. But you love movies, right? Okay. Give us some money and let us produce some short projects that have, you know, some thought provoking elements where it gets people to think about finance, little bite-sized content. They're doing it. People like this stuff. And after us doing it for a couple of years, I realized, you know what? It's not just me. I start looking around and we, we got the Financial Literacy Film Festival on Film Freeway. People are submitting their projects. I mean, we just got a project from a Hollywood writer director and it's, it's like, oh my God, people care about this thing. You know, Bill Marsili submitted his project to the Financial Literacy Film Festival. This is amazing. The projects we've been making for throughout the years have always uh, went by the, the set safety standards for safety for Sarah. So look into that. I mean, this is really next level. This is something that uh, a, a big Hollywood company should be doing or a giant bank or something like that. But it's just a group of friends. It's just us saying, you know, this is important. Let's do something about it. Well, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot off with a little uh, intro bumper to the uh, trailer. I'm going to show the trailer and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about it. So um, here we go. And we're going to get to the. And this I is like a trailer that. That for, this is a trailer for the project. There and, we go. And um, here we go. And this, that trailer for the project, Bill Masalis. Now, a little bit of a, a quick uh, interesting note. You may not have noticed 
of course, because the screen is too small. But in the background, one of the people holding the gun on that poor homeowner was me. Uh, but anyway, it was a fun project to be involved in. I was asked to help out and uh, just show up and kind of support them and act in it a little bit. So it's a cool project that, you know, talks about the message of how the government uh, basically taxes people at a level sometimes that, that destroys them. So it's a cool project. It's going to open up your festival. It's It's been at festivals all across the country. Um, I had the uh, someone from Utah who used to be the film commissioner, he screened it at the Utah Film Festival last month, and he sent me a text, go uh, text going, hey, Duffy, I saw you in the film. So <laughs> that was very cool. But um, so, but you're, what you're doing with this festival is to educate, to use entertainment, to use these films to uh, entertain, but educate people and get people to deal with this issue. And obviously, it's an issue that's getting a little bit harder for a lot of people with the financial, uh, being able to succeed financially in this climate right now. So that's kind of a little bit of what you're doing. So tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I watched Gunpoint. And I'm like, wow, this is the, this is the darling of the festival. This is the film. It's, it's very well made movie. But the message got me thinking. It was very thought provoking. I'm like, oh, yeah, the guy, you know, he comes up holding the gun. Hey, give me one dollar and 15 cents. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, how stupid. This movie's going to be dumb. Let's see. And then I was like, what do you mean? And then he goes, well, for the school tax. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, right? my God. Wow. And then I'm like, that's genius writing. Oh, my God. Because they got me. You don't get me very often. I've seen, I've been pitched everything. You throw me, I've read thousands of scripts. I've seen all this different content. It was intelligent and it was witty and it was funny. And I said, you know what? This is what it encapsulated what it was. This is what the Financial Literacy Film Festival needs. This is what it is. This is edutainment. That's what we're looking for. It's not like pointing the finger at everybody and, and making it boring or something. It's a fun movie, but at the end of it, you're like, dude, how true is that? What was going on? And then you start thinking about it and you're like, wow, there's, there's a lot of good points that were made very quickly. Um, Duffy, do you know this, this uh, movie called 12 Angry Men? Uh, I've, Way I've back in the day. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I, I know of it. Yes. Okay. So they're sitting at one table, camera has to keep switching to different people in one room. They pull off a movie. Right. When I watched this, my mind was like, wow, the directing is like, that's what it reminded me of. That's, right. that's a very high compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's a really, I, I've seen it, um, at, at a, a, you know, a screen in, in, um, Beverly Hills. And, you know, it, it, you're right. I mean, it got people thinking, but it's it, it catches you because you figure, oh, this is silly. But then you realize, oh, wait, this is far from silly. This is <laughs> yep. still, funny. It's still funny, which is the other thing. So it's not preachy. It's not like, you know, it, it, it makes you think, but it makes you laugh. That's the word preachy. That's what I've been looking for. I haven't said it preachy. That, that's, what, that's what finance marketing comes off as, making people feel, feel like, you're not doing the right thing. People don't want to feel like that. They already know. <laughs> right. Ain't that the truth? And that's not, that doesn't move you necessarily to action, you know? And so you, cause the other side of what you're doing with the, the thing is you're educating, you're entertaining, but at the end of the day, you're trying to move people to action. 
because if you don't act, you'll stay in the same place you are. And even if you get more information, information doesn't give you a better situation. What, Actually, what this platform does for the entertainment business people, the creatives, and for the people who are seeking financial advice, it brings everybody together. So normally you would say, well, okay, now I'm interested, but where do I go to talk to a finance guy? Talk to any one of the finance people who's involved with the whole film festival. There's a bunch of them and they're free to talk to. So there's a starting point always for somebody. If there's a brand new actor and they're like, I don't know what to do. Uh, join our financial literacy film festival group. There's 270 people in there. There's always projects being posted. So we're trying to give people at least that starting point. We're not saying we're going to make you a professional, whatever. We're just saying, Hey, here's a little starting point to get you started. No matter it's your career or your finances. So this year, the festival is next week uh, on the April 30th, uh, April 30th. And what time is it? April 30th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're going to be doing it live in Las Vegas and also streaming online. The streaming online portion will only be about one hour long, uh, going from about 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the live in portion is an invite only thing for the filmmakers and the people who have been involved uh, to come on out and enjoy a nice dinner. We, we usually uh, what we're going to do is we have a location. It's uh, Taverna Costera down in the Arch District of Las Vegas. We feed people. Uh, we, we put on a really nice event. We don't charge anybody any money. And it's just like it's about financial literacy. We don't want you spending a bunch of money to go to an event. We say, come as you are. If you want to wear flip-flops, go ahead. We don't want somebody going out buying a $300 outfit just to come to an event. We don't want them buying a ticket. You know, we, we feed you. We take care of everything. And it's just, you know, a little give back to see, like, look, it's not just about that part of it or that part of it. This is a full community thing. It, it's a long-term thing. Uh, you do want to surround yourself around good people. That's what this is about. Just showing people, like, hey, did you notice the people in that movie? And online and at that event are all kind of the same people. Yeah, that's how you build community. And, and we're just trying to show people how to do that. You know, humans are not the best communicators all the time. We're trying to foster an environment that makes it a little bit more easy to talk about things that might be awkward to talk about. Um, where can people watch it? I can, I'll, obviously, I'll, I'll share the link on my uh, Facebook page. I'll share it David below. Fox, David Fox uh, and Carlos Anzura, some of the, the main sponsors of this thing, will be putting out a link. Uh, be Financially Informed is his thing. And Fulton Film Company or Impact Releasing are the two homes, uh, if you're on Facebook mainly. And then FultonFilmCompany.com, uh, we'll, we'll start to put it out there. But David Fox, the financial uh, side of this thing will be the one hosting the Zoom where he'll jump in and he'll talk in between the films and things like that uh, for the online streaming portion. So share the links, if you can, on my page underneath this um, podcast when you get a chance so that everybody can go there and they can watch it, you know, um, and, and participate in whatever way they can. It looks like you got another podcast to go on right after this. Yeah, Indie uh, Files wants to interview you and they look forward to your yes. So, you got hey, it, Jackie. Thank you. That's creative, man. Yeah, it's just like ask for that yes and get it. So anyway, that that is cool. Um, we'll put that information. Anything else? Like you know, I mean, you you do a lot of things. You know, you create video content. You do marketing. You, you know, you you're, you're a man of um, uh, many skills, many hats, and you know, 
So how do people contact you? How do people hire you? What services do you offer that people can reach out to you and say, hey, I want to hire you, Joyce, to market this, or I want to hire you to promote this? What, what, tell us a little bit about that and how people reach you. I do whatever it takes. House like cleaning, that. handyman, shish kebab cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about it all. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm, I'm headed to my car right now. The shish Elvis. kebab cooking, man. <laughs> Listen, uh, people think people think this. Uh, I'm I'm in the same. I live on the same little floating rock that you do. We're on we're in the same earth, and I have to go out there and get this business the same way you do. My phone's just not ringing off the hook. If I'm not staying relevant, if I'm not staying credible, if I'm not staying likable, if I'm not staying trustworthy, people will not talk to me. It takes a lot of elements to make this thing work and you have to constantly be doing what you're doing with integrity i was just on a set working on a dj steve aoki uh music video a couple days ago and it was go 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 and one one pa walked up to me he's like dude what are you doing like you know like uh like kind of making us look bad i'm like dude i'm not here for you this is an audition you, there's about 50 people in this room some of them are here from sony some of them are here from whatever from whatever like four or five people asked me if I own the building. Are you the owner of the studio? Dude, that's a lot of people. They kept asking me if I'm the owner of the studio. I was a carpenter and a set dresser for my buddy Noel that day right. in the art department. It's about attitude. You know, your attitude is altitude, but you got to show up. Don't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Right. Don't just Absolutely. say something. You better have a plan and show up. You say something like that's my, you got to go do it now. Well, you definitely, you know, uh, having gone through all this, I mean, you know, from your from your life, you are definitely somebody who does it and you do it everywhere, man. So it's one of the reasons why uh, I'm always glad to uh, work with you. And it's course, possible everywhere. And I was supposed to have you on my Live Courageous show once before, but the tech failed. So it was like, you know, uh, it, I'm glad that we finally, uh, you know, were able Dude, to how embarrassing. How embarrassing our tech fails when I was in Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe? <laughs> and, and, and there's guys from Africa doing live videos and their tech does not fail. I, you know, I, I know it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. But um, oh. anything you would like to uh, wrap up with? Once again, the Literacy Film Festival is next week. Um, you, yep. you'll get the information below. It's one hour online, and then it's obviously three hours in person at in Las Vegas. You'll share that information. You obviously have your Teach Coach Mentor Program. I know you've done education programs in the school system for kids. You took kids from one of the uh, schools. Migrant program at what, what's Lost, it called? It's the Migrant Program at Lost Hills Union School. They actually found out about Teach Coach Mentor Program while we were in Puerto Rico. They invited us out to Kern County, which is near Bakersfield. And these students, they get uprooted a lot because their parents are the farm workers. They are the farmers. They're the ones who's growing all the food. And they're getting sometimes every three or four months or six months, they'll get displaced because they have to follow the crops. So the, the county and the state wanted to give them something really special, some extra education, something for the summer school program. Fidelina Sasso, the assistant superintendent, really got this thing going. And we came in, we taught kids about non-fungible tokens, audio production, film production. 
amazing program. They requested us again this year. So now we're coming out. We've expanded the program into acting and interpersonal skills and leadership. It's just phenomenal. Teach Coach Mentor and the Financial Literacy Film Festival has so many different uses to help people. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get into different organizations and say, hey, how can we use this cool little thing that we have to, to help you guys with your messaging and, and help your little community become more financially literate? Well, I just want to do some quick shout outs and then we'll, we'll start wrapping up. But just so many amazing people have jumped on here. Elvis, uh, our good brother, Elvis, who was on my podcast show, who met yeah. you at the GI Film Festival. Uh, Angels of Ambar. Yeah, uh, excellent uh, movie as well. And then uh, DS, the golden boy from Africa, who uh, you introduced me Even to. Even Yeltsin, my main man, Ghana. <laughs> You know, uh, you name it, uh, Aaron and uh, Nick and just people from all over the place. I just, you know, you brought out a whole lot of people like you always do. And they've come yeah. to the podcast today. Like I said, I think I'm going to have you on every week, man. Um, but anything you would like to uh, wrap up? And, and if I missed anybody, David and Tony and just uh, Otis Duffy, my uh, um, nephew and all everybody else. But uh, anything, how would you like to wrap up uh, the show? Make, thank make you, sure you thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your encouragement. I mean, you're you're not the most tech savvy guy, but now you're running a TV production studio. Apparently, look at this. You know, uh, you're 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 producing films. You're breaking down scripts. You're working with A-list people like Sylvester Stallone. You're doing all these huge things, and then you have the time to come talk to George. That's freaking cool, man. And uh, you've been a great mentor along the way. And what I loved about you the most as a mentor. Most of the time, you never gave me the answers. You, I'm like, hey, Duffy, what should I do? And you would tell me an anecdote or you would set up a scenario and you're like, all right, got to go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but like, you, you gave me the leeway to grow and to learn and to figure it out on my own. You could have given me the answers every time. I know you know how to fix whatever my thing was going on, but that wasn't the right answer for me. So you might mentor people differently or you might give people different leadership styles, but for me you knew you had to be like the bigger animal. Like you're like, no click. <laughs> and, and, but it worked, whatever you did, however you did it, your intelligence, your experience knew how to handle me. I appreciate that. I want to tell everybody you have to take risks. You will fail. You have to take risks and you have to have plan B, C, D, E, all these things. You have to take a bunch of risks. Uh, you, that's part of the recipe. If it's not in your recipe, taking the risks and failure, if that's not built into your uh, into your recipe there, it, there's no success coming at the end of it. I can ensure you that. That's that's well, what I would leave people with. And, and I think that message is is a powerful one to, you know, that you do have to risk and there's no guarantee. And that, and that you know, kind of echoes the story of live courageously because living yeah. courageously doesn't mean that you uh, don't have fear or that you're not afraid, or that you're always going to succeed. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you choose to be courageous and act anyway in face of the fear, in face of the failure, in face of all that, right? And you do it anyway. Um, and that's how you move forward. So you're, you're absolutely 100% right. And your life is a testimony to it. Since that day I met you at the LA Film School, um, we've gone on a lot of journeys together, and we've done a lot together, and we're hopefully going to do a lot more together in the future. But, you know, I think you're an inspiration to people about how to um, always lead, uh, always uh, take action, always be courageous, always share what you got. Because like you said, I'm having you on. Hey, 
I'm not any better than you. We're both the same. You know this. You know, when I'm on a set or you're on a set, if if we need to clean bathrooms, we clean bathrooms. I'm not. Yep. You know, I'm a producer. That doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. And you know that you're not either. We're, we're there to be part of the team and we'll, yep. we'll do whatever it takes. And you said that, too. You said whatever it takes. And I, and I think that's the message from your life. And uh, that's why I'm honored to call you my friend and my brother and have you on the show, man. Likewise. Thank you so much for this. I appreciate you, Duffy. All right, brother. I'll, I'm I'm going to close out the show and thank you once again. I appreciate you, man, on every level. Love you, brother. Thank you. Peace. Love you, man. All right. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed the show with uh, George Ohan and his journey and the things he he's done, both for coming from uh, the Middle East to uh, being in the U.S. Army for eight years and being a film producer and uh, all the projects he's done, Teach Mentor Coach, the Financial Literacy Film Festival, Brothers at War, um, taking the uh, GIs of comedy to the Middle East, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the guy just just keeps on going. He got energy to, uh, uh, to, to never stop. And I just hope that that inspires you and encourages you as well. So, um, I'd like to, as I close out the show, I want to shout out and thank to uh, the guests I had last week, Dr. Lauren Michael Harris. He created the new bumpers in the show, and he's creating some more for me. I'm very thankful about that. He's taking my show to another level, and uh, I would love to get any feedback from people. And please subscribe. Please subscribe to the show. I'm going to post the link before uh, below. In the <laughs> message. And... Um, I'm going to put up information uh, for people. This is all my contact information where you can contact me, email, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And once again, please, please. This message. Keep coming back every Sunday. I have a, a ton of more amazing uh, guests coming uh, at you. Um, you know, people in the film industry, uh, military vets, um, uh, people rescuing children from uh, sex traffickers and a whole range of amazing, amazing friends that I'm honored and blessed to uh, have in my life. So please come back every Sunday at 2 p.m. and join me and um, make sure that you live your life courageously and may you make your life a masterpiece and I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>